This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. We're talking television today. Joining me is, as usual, the Media Week weekly podcast and website contributor, Andrew Mercado. Welcome back, Andrew. Hi there, James. A very exciting uh, couple of days in television. The announcement of the nominees for the TV Week Logie Awards for 2019, the gold nominations and all the most popular and also the most outstanding categories have been revealed. And look, I'm pretty happy with the nominations, James. I can't see any major, gee, why wasn't that person nominated? I think they've, they've picked a really diverse bunch of people you know and uh yeah I'm, I'm not complaining yeah look it is a pretty exciting list because i mean a few people have commented that some of the big names are missing like if you look we'll go through all these categories in a second but like for gold for instance there's only three former nominees or winners with four newcomers which i think is a probably a pretty good thing and there's sort of that occurs all the way through um both sort of sets of categories i think I think that keeps it interesting too. I think it gets really boring if the same people are getting nominated year after year. It's always good to have fresh blood in these types of things. For sure, and it sort of makes you realise that maybe, you know, you've got to launch a, a campaign to have a chance to win it. <laughs> then if yes. you win it, I mean, people like um, Hamish Blake, you know, he, he dominated it. Now he's sort of, I mean, although he's been off the air for a little while, I guess, but we might see him back next year, I guess, um, after um, his recent success but um as recently as grant denyer last year you know he's um i don't think he's made any of the categories this year has he well he's not there but and when you think about him he really hasn't had the greatest year i mean he did game of games which didn't work he was sick for half the time that he was meant to be dancing or hosting dancing with the stars and celebrity name games being on air five minutes so yeah it's no surprise he's actually not there when you break it down Sure, no, having a dud show will do that for you on the on the awards circuit, <laughs> won't it? Let's, yeah. get, let's get straight into it. Let's have a look at the um, the gold Logies. The, the um, previous winner out of the seven um, uh, nominees is uh, Waleed Ali, of course. I think he won in 2016. Four, yep. Former nominees are Amanda Keller and, um, and Roger, Roger Corsa. Yeah. Yep. And we've got four newcomers to that category. It's great. Sam Mack, uh, Sunrise Weatherman, Eve Morey, who played Sonia in Neighbours, and Costa from Gardening Australia, which I think is going to be a very popular choice. And then, you know, Tom Gleeson in here. So his campaign to get himself a gold Logie has been successful, even though, James, (laughs) last year he turned the Logies into a joke by deliberately trying to help Grant Denyer win the gold logie to prove that they were a joke because someone who didn't have a tv show had won the award so it's all getting so meta now i don't actually know where he is in all of this anymore well then yeah he's already had a bit of fun this year hasn't he with sort of announcing on friday the end of hard chat and then revealing this morning that well maybe it's not really ending after all it could have been a bit of a ploy again poking a bit of fun at the logies Look, I spent all weekend saying to people, I'm not buying this (laughs) excuse about him quitting hard quiz, you know, to do stand-up comedy. I mean, Mm. you could argue that you make more money doing stand-up comedy, but it also helps if you've got a TV profile to get 
bigger arenas to fill your shows. So I smelt a rat that didn't quite put it together that he was going to do this kind of gag about he didn't want, he wanted to be like Grant Denyer and be in the position where his show had been axed just like Denyer to help him get over the line. But he axed his own show. So again, we're just getting, we're kind of folding in upon ourselves here. Yeah, look, I um, yeah, I, I won't um, say I definitely smelt a rat, but I did find it very hard to believe that this guy who I write about every week in the ratings is possibly the hottest property on television at the moment, especially in terms of comics. Why he would turn his back on a really hot show, is, yeah, well, I found very surprising. Um, yeah, who could win out of this bunch? Do you think? Well, look, I think that uh, I reckon Amanda Keller's right up there near the top because, I mean, I think if you take away the Grant Denyer factor from last year when he, his, his win was a little bit of a surprise, I think most people were kind of thinking that it was Amanda Keller would win it. And since then, she's only gone from strength to strength. I mean, she did a magnificent job hosting Dancing with the Stars and stepping into the main presenter chair when Grant Denyer got sick. So, uh, you know, I just think that there's a lot of love out there for her with you know her continued work on the living room and of all the presenters that are there when you kind of go well whose turn is it i kind of go gee let's amanda keller's got to be up near the top in terms of uh who's going to win some votes but never discount the popularity of uh costa from gardening australia uh who may well be writing uh i heard him do a interview on abc radio today and he's got a great sense of humor uh he, you know he made some jokes about tom gleason being his competition which <laughs> kind of revealed to me how funny costa actually is that there yeah. could actually be a, a comedy side to costa that we've not yet quite seen while he's been digging in the dirt so uh it's going to be very interesting i could really see a bit of a, a movement of costa for gold taking yeah. off on social media and a lot of people who, who aren't into that show but think he looks brilliant <laughs> and then and then when they get a taste of his humor which we'll probably get over the next couple of weeks couple of months um they might really think he's quirky and deserves an award like this but look i wouldn't really rule out walid ali a former winner and yep. he's, he's just so so much admired by so many people and then Tom Gleeson, you know, wow. Well, he has his own uh, popularity there. And, of course, personally, I'm really thrilled to see Eve Maury in there from mm. Neighbours mm. because, you know, I said to you a couple of months ago when her character died in Neighbours that it was pro possibly their finest half hour ever. And, indeed, Neighbours has gotten six nominations this year on the back of that episode and uh, well-deserved. She won't win the Gold Logie, but she's been nominated for Most Popular Actress and I think that there's a real chance that she could uh, win that because uh, there's a real, uh, the Neighbours fans really mobilised themselves to get her into the nominations. Okay, let's have a look at that category. The, the, the Probably the toughest competition there, I'm guessing, would probably be Asha Keddy, do you think, for The Cry? Yeah, although Asha Keddy was kind of supporting role in The Cry, and I actually mm. think it's controversial for The Cry to be in this category. I distinctly remember ringing the ABC and saying to them, is this an Australian production? And they said, no, it's not really. It's more a British production. We just put some money into it. It's a bit of a co-pro, but it wasn't even an equal 50-50 co-production. So, you know, some people are sort of saying, well, what's it? 
doing in this category. I mean, you've got, and you know, Jenica Coleman is also nominated as uh, most popular actress. And I think if you were going to give it to anyone for the cry, you would give it to Jenna, who was in a lot more of the cry than you would to Asha Ketty, despite Asha's massive popularity. Mm, that's the key to it, popularity, isn't it? You know, yeah. I, I think there. Who do you think could beat um, Ray Ma in most popular actor? Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, Guy Pearce was particularly magnificent in Jack Irish this yeah. year. So was Aaron Peterson. Um, look, never rule out Luke McGregor from Rosehaven. He's the, the one uh, kind of comedic actor in there. And don't uh, count down those Neighbours fans who, you know, have made sure that Ryan Maloney is uh, part of this push to get Neighbours in there because Ryan Maloney playing Toady uh, had to deal with his wife dying. His performance was right up there with what uh, Eve Morey gave him in that episode. So there could be some Neighbours fans uh, trying to get Toady across the line too. A most popular presenter is an interesting category. So you get four of the Gold Logley nominees also competing yeah. against each other there. Maybe this could be one for Amanda Keller? Yeah, although some you like you, you sort of wonder don't you if if they win one award mm. will they win the gold logie as well but yeah she's there she's got to be um in that amanda and costa are both there julie morris is in there for wow she's in there for three shows blind date i'm a celebrity and sunday night takeaway but i don't think she's going to win that yeah i'd uh you know i'd say that could be uh amanda costa or waleed yeah, look, there's a couple of categories which I'm sure you really enjoy. The first one, I'm guessing, is the Graham Kennedy Award for the most popular new talent. And it's a weird one this year, James. I mean, you've got Joe Jonas in there from The Voice, and I thought after that Benji Madden win a few years ago, we'd sorted that out. Yeah, I mean, how does uh, that happen, really? I mean, well, it's on. ridiculous. Joe <laughs> Jonas comes with, like, 2 million uh, followers on social media, mm. and it's just so unfair when you look at the people around him. And, you know, I think it's fantastic to see Dylan Alcott in there, who yeah. uh, has been nominated for his work on the set. The first time I watched the set, I just went, wow, that guy is a TV star, you know, so Australian, such a cheeky sense of humour, and uh, he was unluckily involved in the footy show, which just got axed, but he's a TV star of the future. I'd be I'd be voting for him, no questions asked, most popular new talent. Yeah, I think you might know who I'd like to see win most popular drama program, but this is your category. Tell me who you, who you think deserves it. Well, look, I think that uh, I, show, I think that most uh, Mystery Road will be voted the most outstanding drama yeah. as voted yeah. for by the peers. So, of course, I'm going to say uh, our neighbours for what they did, you know, this year was fantastic. Yes, yeah, okay. Um, most popular entertainment program. Um, gee whiz, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I... I'm tempted to think um, Gogglebox. Yeah, well, they've been winning it the last few years. Uh, look, from a production point of view, and I think you'd agree with me, Dancing with the Stars was the best produced show of these in the category here. But whether or not enough people were watching mm -hmm. it to vote as a win, I don't think that's going to happen. But look, you know, that could also be a, a hard quiz or an arms brush with fame. You know, those as we talk about yeah. those kind of quiet uh, Australians out there that don't make their voting choices known, uh, some, one of the shows could sneak up from behind here. Yeah, it does seem a long time since Gruen's been on too, doesn't it? 
It really does. <laughs> I'm. I think it's a really interesting competition. The most popular lifestyle program okay. because you know I think the travel guides is going to win it based on its you know incredible uh, ratings this year but you know I think it was it's great to see Gardening Australia in there for their 30th anniversary year and also back in time for dinner which was a show I loved on the ABC nice to see them nominated probably won't win it's good we've got enough programs to still have a most popular comedy program oh. <laughs> yes that is good uh, it's got to be have you been paying attention doesn't it You'd think so, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, most popular reality again? Do we do we look at the one that rated the most? And gee, if you do, it's a it's a lay down for married, isn't it? Yeah. And I kind of always think that you know uh, whether or not, but it's interesting, isn't it? Now that Married at First Sight isn't on air. Mm. Do you look back on that yep. and look at these categories and say, yeah, 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 I think I'll vote for that. That was my favourite show of the year. You know, The Blocks won this for many, many years, hasn't it? Um, so, yeah, I think we'll wait and see what they vote for there. Yeah, could be interesting. Um, popular panel or current affairs program? What's your tip mm. Look, uh, I think it could be the project there. Um, I think yeah. the others are, you know, very worthy. 7.30, 60 Minutes, A Current Affair, Australian Story, Four Corners. Very, very worthy. But when you think of uh, this being a popularity contest, I think the project and I think the love for its hosts will uh, get it across the line there. Yeah, let's switch over. And it's a hell of a good show too, I should say that. You know, whenever I watch it, I go, wow, it it doesn't get enough recognition for how good it is in this field. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Um, Let's switch over to the um, Most Outstanding Awards, which is like a jury as opposed to the the, um, yep. the public voting uh, drama series there. Oh, you look, already I said think, really Mystery Road. Didn't yeah, I you? think it's Mystery Road. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mini series or telly movie? Well, I would say Bloom on Stan. I thought it was outstanding. Um, whether or not uh, the people voted the peers vote for that uh, it's not going to be olivia newton john it's not mm. going to be on the ropes for sbs uh look it could be pine gap and the cry on abc and i mean the cry was fantastic uh it really was a strong drama but again there'll be some people that will say that was a british production it shouldn't be in this category and they'll vote for something else mm, yeah i might tip the cry there i think um most outstanding actor i'll, I'll go first here again i'm i'm tipping maybe aaron pedersen yeah I think mm-hmm. so. I, I think he's got it all. I also think that Brian Brown in Bloom, he gave a magnificent performance mm-hmm. in that show. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a chance for him too. Yeah. Yep. I'd like to talk about Aaron at greater length sometime. But it's an interesting character, isn't he? And he's a, he's a sort of minimalist actor, isn't he? He's, he hasn't got to do a lot to really have that sort of magnetic presence when, when he's in the Yeah, scene. true. Yeah. He's, ma- he's one of those actors that, as he's gotten older, he's m- matured yeah. into playing these characters that yeah. bring much, so much gravitas to it. And across the two movies, the TV series, and thank goodness they've, they're doing another TV series of Mystery Road. He has Aaron Peterson has been magnificent in this role. Yeah, look, he's a smart actor, and it's the old saying: that less is often more. And it, um, oh yeah, he's a good example of that. Uh, outstanding actress, Andrew. Well, look, it's probably going to be Judy Davis for Mystery Road. How does anybody beat Judy yeah. Davis in a category when she's there? But you know, 
Leah Purcell in Wentworth has been pretty magnificent as well. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it's how do you beat Judy Davis? She's yeah, no, got to win it. Yeah, I don't think you can. That's a, that's a certain double, I would have thought, there for, um, yeah. for, for Mystery Road. Um, outstanding supporting actor and actress. Give me your two tips there. Um, look, outstanding supporting actor. Look, it could be anybody there. It could be Wayne Blair for Mystery Road if it's mm. going to do a bit yep. of a sweep. Yep. Uh, Ewan Leslie was pretty amazing in Fighting Season on Foxtel. Mm. Um, so they'd be my two picks for that category. Yeah, you, you get the feeling that wasn't a, wasn't seen by a lot of people, but I guess this is the sort of jury voting for this, so that mightn't have too big an impact on that. So, yeah, you could be right. Correct. Uh, the actress? Look, the actress, uh, Jackie Weaver's the big name in this mm. for Bloom, but she wasn't in Bloom a lot. No. When you think about it, her character, uh, you know, shed 40 years, and um, Jackie wasn't in it all that often. Look, the performer that I think has been doing the most magnificent work in this category is maybe Celia Ireland, playing Liz Birdsworth in Wentworth. I think her storyline of getting dementia has been particularly strong for her. Whether or not she'll win this category is another thing, but, uh, yeah, she's uh, she's my favourite in that, that category. Yeah, I'd agree. She's probably maybe the most worthy, but I sort of get the feeling Asha Keddy just might get it because it's... She's just yeah. A, maybe just because she's just that bit better known, I think. Um, Although this is a peers voted award, so you I, know, it could I get be. it, I get it, but yeah. yeah, but even so, I think it's it's people see the cry as a bit more. I don't know, it's a, it's an awful word to say, but a bit more worthy. A bit more worthy, you know, yeah, worthy you're than right. if you know what I mean. Um, most outstanding entertainment program. Oh, look. Uh, <laughs> I would say Eurovision Australia Decide because yeah. I was there and it was so much fun. And was, really, when it? you think about it, being the first time that SBS did that show, it went off without a hitch. I went to the two dress rehearsals and the main event. It's not like they ever made a mistake. That was an incredibly tight-knit, well-produced show. I think that has been the most outstanding entertainment program of the show of the year. Yeah, look, I tend to agree with you. I think that was a cracker, wasn't it? And for me, it was uh, was much more successful than the actual Eurovision finals, yeah. which, which I sat through all of them. And um, But I much more enjoyed the uh, Australian Decides night out up on the Gold Coast there. That, w that was a lot of fun. Um, it was a big production and they pulled it off magnificently. Yeah. I'm not qualified at all to say anything about most outstanding children's program. But it's got to be Bluey from ABC, well, you, that's right? That's what you hear so much about it, don't yeah. you? Got to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, sports coverage? No idea. No idea for you. So <laughs> I'll have a stab at this one. I think it's going to be... Oh, gee, that's hard. That's a very hard one. Um, look, Invictus Games, they did a great job, but... Um, oh, yeah, no, it's just a hard one. Can you beat the Commonwealth Games on seven, though? Yeah, I think you can. Don't they usually win any Olympics or oh, Commonwealth Games yeah, in there? Yeah, but I don't know. There was just, I don't know. It was, it's just not a terrible, memorable, I don't think, you know. It seems so long ago, too, doesn't it? But Benito, yeah, it doesn't yeah, no, ever. Look, I just, you could, any of those, you could probably argue are worthy and could win. News coverage or public affairs report? God. Um, well, I look at those two. I what? need more information on what those four corners stories were. Yeah. One's called Who Cares? The other's yeah. called Out of the Dark. I really mm. need to go, oh, yeah, 
that four corners yet, that will win. Mm. I, uh, just that title doesn't tell me what yeah, it was. I think I might go to Sky News. I think it was David Spears for his work on that leadership spill. Um, yep. You know, and he was the big star at Sky News. They look like they've lost him now. It does um, look that way. They look like they're going to try and hang on to him, which I hope doesn't become a bit of bad publicity for them because oh, yeah. nobody likes that. But um, we've got to see what happens there. Look, the last couple here we've got to look at um, Outstanding Doco or Factual. Look, now, you I, you like Employable Me, don't you? To yeah. win it, but I also think that. The Pacific in the wake of Captain Cook with Sam Neill, which Foxtel did, was outstanding that as was, well. wasn't it? Yeah, I saw a couple of them. It was it was really good. Um, reality program, I know. Did you see many of those? I do. I tend to think when you look at the most outstanding, you probably... Married at First Sight's probably not going to win the most outstanding no. reality program. No. Uh, look, Australian Survivors, Champions versus Contenders, it always feels to me like... That is one of the better produced reality shows. Sure, sure. Or yep. MasterChef. Yep, no, I'm going for Survivor. That was a great uh, series last year. It, yeah. deserves, it deserves some uh, recognition. Look, a few other things while we've got you today. It'd be good to run through. Um, we might have talked about this before, but ma- uh, Mother, Father, Son, have you seen much of it? Oh, look, yeah, I'm addicted to it. I think I've just watched episode three. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the miniseries of uh, Richard Gere playing the Rupert Murdoch-like newspaper publisher and the story of his ex-wife and uh, troubled son. It's The first two episodes both had scenes in them where my mouth just hit the floor and I just went, whoa, I can't believe they're doing that. Uh, incredible acting in here. Jeez, James, there are some amazing dramas on Foxtel right now. Yes, yeah, there are. They're absolutely There are. really, really are. Right now, all of the best dramas are, are screening there. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this one of our earlier podcasts. The Gentleman Jack was one of the ones we talked about coming up while well, it started. That first episode, well, it's, it's a knockout. A HBO, BBC co-production. They've just announced based on it, because it's just started all around the world. Mm. Uh, Yes, they'll do a second series. So I know that Sally Wainwright, the creator behind Happy Valley, will be thrilled. And Saran Jones in the lead role, Dr. Foster, now uh, playing Gentleman Jack. Incredible. Yeah, look, she's just brilliant, isn't she? Look, I loved her so much in both uh, seasons of uh, of Dr. Foster, as you mentioned. Yep. And I just want to go back and look at uh, some of the old stuff she's done. Um, 33 episodes of Scott and Bailey. I've never yes. really given it so, too much attention, but I really want to spend some time and, and <laughs> look at them now and just to enjoy her work. Well, see, I knew her from Coronation Street 20 years That's ago. Right, yes, I could yeah. tell then, wow, that woman is a bit of a dynamo but you know i never would have predicted the type of project she would have picked down the line she's incredible yeah now you're a big fan also of fossey verdon aren't you oh michelle williams and uh sam rockwell yeah um i've watched i think the first five episodes now i'm just waiting for foxtel to send me a media pass to watch more uh Fantastic, as I said to you before, very niche. But if you know your showbiz and you 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 know anything about those choreographers and the movies Cabaret and it, it, this miniseries is incredible. As it charts the fact that Bob Fosse might have been the legendary director choreographer, but he really needed Gwen Verdon, his wife, and then his ex-wife. He really needed her with him when he was working 
because he worked better with her because she had an eye that would say, what about that? It's fascinating to watch their relationship uh, over this miniseries. Yeah, we've been blessed. There's been some great showbiz um, bios about, both on the small screen and the big screen. Let me quickly ask you, have you had time to see Rocket Man yet? No, it's uh, it's in my projector. I haven't got the key to unlock it yet, so I'll, I'll probably sit and watch it with the first audience uh, on Friday, but I think there's um, there's massive anticipation around it. Uh, those record crowds that came out to see Bohemian Rhapsody, I reckon mm. they're planning their weekend and going. And plus, it'll be around for a long weekend. I think it is going to be a huge, huge movie. Yeah, and a few, it's been getting some good raps because a, a few critics had problems with Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, you, you and I both loved it, but the, this one seems to be winning over those people who, you know, a bit worried about sort of cheesy biographies. Yeah, and I think that, uh, one of the reviews I read said that, you know, there's this sort of uh, part in Rocket Man where they kind of go, look, this this is the way Elton John remember it, remembers it. But, you know, mm. he was taking a lot of drugs at the time, so maybe this isn't <laughs> quite what happened, which gives them a bit of dramatic licence to change yeah. things around, as you need to do for the structure of a movie, sure. uh, and say to the fans, look, this is a bit of a fantasy as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch it. Now, we're not far away from Big Little Lies 2. Have you been able to catch any of that yet? I've watched the first episode. Yes. Uh, I've started the second episode. I tell you what, I think it really misses the French director okay. that did all the episodes of season one. Oh, there was a moment in this first episode of season two where I just went, they're trying to recreate what that previous director did and they're not getting there. And Meryl Streep, she's got in some false teeth. Uh, to play the mother-in-law <laughs> and after one episode I'm kind of going oh I need to watch more I'll be writing about it in media week this Friday but gee I need to watch a few more episodes there's three there to watch I'll, um, I'm a little bit concerned uh, but it's written by David E. Kelly so I've got my fingers crossed yes yep okay um, quickly you went worth a new uh, now season seven or season eight it's Season seven. Seven, okay. Um, yeah. And this was the season where they were going to end it, possibly. Right. Yeah. So they had two endings. Yes. So it's going to be a massively strong season, uh, I'd say, with some huge story arcs. And, you know, the first episode, I've watched episode two, and I thought episode two was uh, even better than episode one. And there was this beautiful moment in it where, you know, Celia Ryan playing Liz Birdsworth now has dementia, and she's got this bucket list, and so they decide to teach her how to do the tango. And it, it, it's really important in a show like this that's so violent and so dark and heavy that you have some light moments that you can just sit back and go that's just really beautiful yeah um so yeah uh i think it's going to be a wild ride this year good stuff um that uh director of big little lies was uh, jean-marc valet uh, that's him was his name and andrea arnold's looked after the second season's seven episodes look um i want to finish off with this new netflix uh show which they're sort of uh really pushing uh to anybody if you log on to your netflix over the last <laughs> last few days it's it's there on the screen it's called what if um yep. renee zellweger on a um a tv series i think it's made by warner brothers for netflix and gee it's yep. been getting some bad reviews andrew 
Well, I it's funny you should say that because I put the first episode on last night and I watched 20 minutes of it <laughs> and just went, you're kidding me, aren't you? It's everything I hate about Netflix, James. Yeah. I always have this sneaking suspicion that, you know, there's a computer at Netflix that's pumping out shows based on the algorithms because as, as it went... I watched the first episode and that opening monologue from Renee Zellweger, it felt to me like I was watching a comedy. I felt like it was Death Becomes Her with Meryl Streep and Goldie Horn. I was like, this is a joke. This, <laughs> this, this isn't meant to be serious, is it? And then I went, oh, my God, it is. And then it went from her and the direction shifted to this young couple. So basically it's in decent proposal, but now the rich man wanting to sleep with someone isn't Robert Redford, it's Renee Zellweger. So they're doing – it's just like they've taken that movie, they're re-engineering it, and then they just have this couple that are so in love and so perfect. And after about 20 minutes of it, I was like, Bleh. I can't watch any of this tonight. I've got to watch something I else. I think I know where you might have tuned out when that uh, young chap came into the room dressed as one of the Backstreet Boys. And That's did, did... exactly where I turned it off, James. <laughs> God, you know me well. I just went, you're kidding me. Oh. Yeah, look, it's been getting some shocking reviews. Um, the Although it's been so bad, it's almost getting a guy in a Ben Travers, <laughs> ben Travers in IndieWire said um, this anthology Anthology thriller is an addictive tongue-in-cheek homage to 90s uh, neo-noir packed, <laughs> packed with preposterous melodrama and juicy trash. It's exquisite binge-worthy trash. He said it's so bad it's uh, almost compelling. Look, I will go back and finish that first episode. I just wasn't in the mood for it last night. I just <laughs> went, nah. But I will go back because I need to see at least one episode with Renee Zellweger interacting. I think we need to wait for Renee Zellweger to come out at the end of the year when she's playing Judy Garland in a movie, of which the first trailer has just been released. And she may well uh, save her acting reputation with that because I don't think she's doing herself any favours at the moment. Yeah, Tim Goodman in The um, Hollywood Reporter really said it was just an uh, unwatchable dud best forgotten best forgotten <laughs> he didn't find any redeeming features in it at all um, look, I I'm, love it I'm into it about as far as you've got look I'm, I'm not ready to give up yet I mean with that scene as the Backstreet Boy though you're really going wow what is going on here and I'm just wondering so when's Renee Zellweger come back into it though I mean, well, she was I there in the titles, too. but she's disappeared from some so far. So I just want to keep watching and find out what, what actually happens with her. It's 10 episodes, James. It's mm. 10 mm. hours. That's mm. what puts me off. I just mm. think this this looks like crap and there's 10 episodes. If there were six or four, I'd be a bit more willing to give it a go. Mm. They've dropped a bit of cash on it too, haven't they? It's a, it's, <laughs> yeah, they it's a, sure it's have. It's a big budget production, you know. The um, Wow. But um, they, they didn't spend it all on the um, script though, did they? And listen, because we're being so negative yeah. about something, could yeah. we just end on something positive sure, unless please. you've got something else to no, do? I just thought the second episode of Five Bedrooms was fantastic. I thought it was okay. better than the pilot. Yep. And although I kind of thought the premise was a bit meh, I'm really warming to those characters and the performers. So Five Bedrooms on 10, you know, a great new Aussie drama. I'm, I'm really uh, pleased at how well it's going as it moves through. Yeah, and something we might get to next um podcast but just watch out for uh, the letdown second season um, starts yes. this week all the episodes will be up on iview we've got a meaty week podcast up with the two creators and one of the stars the stars Alison bell um 
Look, it's um, I'm reappraising this. I wasn't a massive fan first time around, but after speaking to them, and I had to watch it in quite detail before I did that interview, and it, it's really yeah. quite impressive what they have managed to achieve. But anyway, look, we'll chat about that next time. Okay, sounds good. All right, Andrew, always great to catch up with you, mate. Thank you. Thanks, James.